entrepreneurial, leadership, intellectual, This is the Cultural Connections Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Brian Ives, and I am the producer and the host of the Cultural Connections Podcast. Before I introduce our guest today, I want to remind all of our viewers, either watching or listening to this podcast, that we are recording this episode live on Thursday, May 4th, 2023, and we are live streaming here on Facebook. Therefore, if you have a question for our guest today, please comment below here on Facebook with your question. We'll do our best to answer your question live. Even if we're not live and you still come up with a question after the live or are watching from some other platform, get in touch with me and I'll do my best to get your questions uh, answered for you. So please definitely do that. Uh, Without further ado, today on the podcast, we will be exploring creativity and climatic identity. Joining me on the podcast is Chris Fussner. Chris is uh, Chris Fussner is the founder of Tropical Futures Institute. is a multidisciplinary designer and strategist who explores intersections of art and technology. A founding curator at Art Dubai's first digital section, Chris is releasing a range of collaborations this year with various artists and brands from around the world. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Thank you again. Now, before we do go any further, I do want to make one little claim here on the podcast, because a lot of you either watching or listening to this podcast are probably thinking, wait a second, you already had Chris Fussner on the podcast, and you would be right if you thought that. However, we had the father of uh, Chris Fussner's father, Chris Fussner, also on this podcast, which if you actually pay attention (laughs) to our opening intro of this podcast, and you're watching it, you will notice at the opening that that first person in the opening is the father of Chris, is Chris Fussner's father, Chris Fussner. So we get father and son on the podcast. It's a, a, again, yeah. great combo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so without further ado there, can you, uh, before we go any further, can you provide us a little bit more in depth about your background and we'll go from there. Sure. Um, so I've been working in the creative field for the last uh, 15 plus years or so. Um, in a variety of different capacities from fashion production to um, research, creative direction, um, hardware research to like biz dev strategy, um, and more recently doing more uh, digital uh, digital strategy and things related to um, like crypto, as well as new media like with Art Dubai. Um, and then currently right now, the studio, uh, we're working on a release with a, a brand from L.A. called Denim Tears. Um, so it's the personal brand for the creative director of um, Supreme, uh, Tremaine Emery. So uh, Nahawood, almost done. Uh, um, you know, the, the release should be coming out this like June. Um, um, and then between that, just sort of exploring the tropics and, you know, doing our bit in terms of um, helping to spread and spread like contemporary culture, as well as connect um, people uh, from all around the world to, you know, in most cases, the Philippines, but to um, ASEAN at large. Um, And then, you know, looking, looking forward to just continuing to connect to more 
uh, you know, tropical cultures and people uh, around the world um, in the years to come with tropical creatures. Oh, that's great. Can you tell us a little bit more about what led you to start this company, Tropical Futures? What, what and, and how did that all come to be? Yeah. Um, so initially, it, it was more of a side project. Um, I have a background also in construction management and um, uh, uh, pro and, and, and property development. So um, I was working on a co-living development in the Philippines. So it's, you know, co-living is one way to address um, high density uh, urban areas, um, especially in cities or countries with without um, strong public housing um, or, or public, uh, you know, uh, uh, support um, in, in that regard. So, uh, yeah, so co-living is a way to sort of address that. Um, and then through a design angle, uh, I felt like we could do provide a better product um, for people. So while I was like focusing on the startup in my free time, I would just I would put together shows, events, exhibitions, and it was sort of my way to to keep a creative, keep my sort of one foot in a creative process. Even though you know I was working in more of an urban and architectural um, sort of process and framework, still very much creative, but um, it's very uh, focused in a specific area. So this was just a way for me to also also make friends, um, you know, moving to the Philippines. Uh, even though I'm, I'm half Filipino, it was a way for me to engage and meet people, um, you know, meet, meet people there and understand more about what's going on um, in the Philippines from a contemporary cultural perspective. Um, and, yeah, so it, it started off with just these like small side projects, like t-shirts, zines, hats, stickers, organizing zine fest. Uh, you know, we did a we had a residency program for a few years. Um, and then uh, eventually we started doing more commercial. Um, you know, I think as as COVID hit, you know, my work in the Philippines ended because you know, COVID kind of put a halt to a lot of things. Um, and I transitioned out of the Philippines um, and just started focusing more on tropical futures as a creative, uh, just as my main creative practice or sort of outlet slash uh, consultancy. Um, and then today it's it's very multidisciplinary, which is a blessing and a curse in some ways um, because, you know, it keeps everything really fun and exciting and new projects, uh, new spaces. Um, but then sometimes the, you know, not really optimizing. Um, but with that said, you know, it's, you know, still step-by-step, -step, still a process. Um, and yeah. Absolutely. No, that's great. That's absolutely great. Uh, let's talk about then what are some current trends or innovations in your field that are, that you find particularly exciting right now? Yeah, I mean, I think from on one angle, the idea of futuring um, is has really become quite, uh, I'd say, quite uh, prolific with regards to. I think when we started TFI and when I was looking into um, futuring or speculative design and, and some of these or existential risk, 
there's very few programs around the world and there you know even you know that many you know uh, people looking into that sort of space um you know nowadays there's you know every major design university or business university has some sort of innovation or futuring program um and at the time when i started tropical futures um a lot of these featuring scenarios didn't really encompass the tropics and you know and they really it was more related to white futures or uh you know you had afrofuturism um you had uh, hollywood futures at the time when i started it there was also this one artist and theorist in china uh born Sleck. uh sorry uk he's a uh, malaysian uk but his uh he wrote a um an video essay called Sinofuturism and uh you know tropical futures was very much a response to that as well as these other sort of features so I think one thing that's happening now is there's this idea of inclusive futures where um you know any sort of person identity situation geographical location um is thinking about the future um so this idea of inclusive futures, which was covered by a writer last year, uh, which also interviewed Tropical Futures um, on Wired uh, magazine, it's it sort of, I think, pointing towards that direction of uh, of just having more, I think, more a broader range of, of ideas on how we can engage um, with future scenarios. Um, and so I would say that's one trend and it's more of like from, uh, it's more from an identity perspective, but also from the proliferation of the idea of, uh, of this sort of practice. Uh, in some ways there's almost too much featuring, like the future is kind of boring uh, as a friend of mine says, uh, Shuman Basar, he, he says it, it's way more fun to predict the present because you don't really know what's gonna happen, right? The, when you look at these sort of long-term models, um, you can kind of you kind of have an idea on on how things diffuse and and um, and sort of unfold. Um, I mean, besides that, um, you know, I'm sure some other hosts have already talked about, but like AI, um, you know, in, in the creative field, but also in the idea of futuring or investing or any sort of mental model or framework. Um, I think you know, ChatGPT. Um, really, uh, you know, turning things on its head. And, you know, as I come out of this sort of sabbatical slash um, time away from work, uh, you know, the first thing I did, um, you know, when I got back is I just like, you know, subscribe to GPT-4 and I just been trying to use it in my workflow. And it definitely feels mm -hmm. like a moment where um, it's like being able to use email or, or like Microsoft Office um, when you're applying for a job, um, and it feels like a really critical skill set. Um, so it, it, you know that's all the rage right now, and I, and I think that's sort of really shifted how we might think about um, startups or how we go about in processes and workflows. And I mean, I, it's more of a general trend, but it does affect so many spaces and you know design creativity. Um, to you know, digital to startups to tech and so on. Um, anything that touches a computer, you know, I think has um, this sort of impact of disruption. So, uh, 
Yeah, I'm actually my next project I'm trying to do is just like uh, we're looking for a new apartment to move into. Um, I'm calling on Milan, so I'm going to try to look up some sort of strategies I can I can do with ChatGPT to sort of perhaps optimize what you know what might be a good area to rent or look at. Very interesting. Very interesting. And before we go any further, I just want to remind our our viewers that are watching us live here at either on the, the live Facebook feed or just watching or listening to the podcast in general that this is the Cultural Connections podcast. I'm your host, Brian Ives, and we are talking today about uh, exploring creativity and climatic identity. And we're joined by Chris Fussner, the founder of Tropical Futures Institute. Uh, so let's jump into our next, our next question here to you. And you specifically, which actually brings into an interesting point, you talked about AI for a second ago as a, as a challenge in a way, and you and I wanted to talk about problem solving in your work. Let, let's talk specifically about, because I, 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 I've been hearing so much about AI recently, and it is a mm -hmm. growing thing for the future. How does that impact your work, AI impact your work specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think... For what I do on a number of levels, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, creativity, um, you know, it's like using it in the workflow in the process. So, you know, maybe optimizing briefs, um, even perhaps using it for initial concept sketches, um, if you're using something like mid-journey. Um, but I think also just like optimizing basic workflow, uh, like using it in social media, for example, to generate captions. Um, and, you know, it's, and I think I'm only scratching the surface in terms of process. Like I haven't really chained it up, like using Z uh, Zapier and things like that, where you can do these sort of um, automated workflows or processes. Um, so I, I think it's just like, uh, it basically gives a huge boost in productivity um, and what you're able to do. So because of this sort of X, you know, this, this, um, you know, new tool, I think it also makes us try to reframe and look at certain businesses that will be touched by this space. Um, and, and I think from a creative perspective, it's also been really um, interesting. Like there's this one uh, Indian artist, um, uh, Pratika Kora, um, and like they've been using Midjourney to to develop these sort of like futuristic scenarios, um, uh, in India basically. So it's like, you know, you don't have to wait for Hollywood or CGI or, um, you know, a specialist in you know some sort of, uh, you know, you can really just use natural language to prompt these sort of, uh, scenarios. Uh, and you know, you're also seeing it too in in um in fashion. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure this last season, I'm sure there's a few brands that have already done uh, AI inspired or influenced collections. Um, and, you know, you're, you're just sort of seeing this sort of uh, huge, it's just so hot, right? So everyone's just like rushing, rushing to it and trying to figure out how to optimize it. And, you know, to the point where you're seeing, um, you know, we see different uh like prompt websites where you can buy prompts or, or prompt archives where you can sort of see a collection of prompts from working out to, um, you know, people engineering prompts where you can like 
uh, input like your weight, height, blah, 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 blah. And then it'll spit out, uh, it'll spit out like a custom prompt for you that you can prompt chat GPT with. Um, you know, you're just seeing like all these sort of different interesting things. And obviously uh, just like a, a gold rush in, in Silicon Valley with just tons of VCs um, raising uh, for the space. And, you know, it remains to be seen like if, if building out, you know, people building out customized uh, suites or, or solutions um, versus like general, like something more general like ChatGPT. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely changing the paradigm right now. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, promoting that effort too. Yes, definitely. Uh, then let's specifically go in a more general approach now. And how do you approach problem solving in general in your work? Yeah. Um, so I try to just take a multi-stakeholder approach, and you know, I guess with that, that's more from like, I guess like some of my design research background, where um, you know, trying to sort of aggregate. Um, different opinions or ideas about a certain project, um, whether it's like collaborators or my colleagues. Um, and I think, you know, taking that approach and it's more of a collaborative process. Um, it's definitely challenging because like a lot of times it's just easy to go like, uh, you know, my vision and just go with it. Um, but I think in creating these compromises, you sort of are able to produce um, certain projects, solutions, ideas that you wouldn't have usually produced uh, uh, on your own. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, just sort of try to do it as collaborative as possible. But obviously sometimes like a decentralized or a collaborative process can slow things down. So it really depends on the, on the situation, but in most cases um, with time, yeah. Absolutely, definitely. Um, before again, I want to just one more time remind our viewers here that are just tuning in, either watching or listening to the podcast, that this is the Cultural Connections podcast. We're recording live to Facebook on Thursday, May 4th, 2023, and we're exploring climate creati uh, creativity and climatic identity. And we're joined by Chris Fussner, the founder of Tropical Futures Institute. Uh, so if you have questions that you'd like answered, please feel free to comment below on here on Facebook and we'll do our best to answer while we are live. Um, now my next question then to you is, can you, um, how do you uh, balance form and function in your designs? Um, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I think nowadays it's more, I just, less, less about functionality and more about just fantastical, um, you know, so, um, I think that sort of, you know, just like flipping the idea of function, um, into a more twisted context. Um, cause I, I mean, like in, in terms of design, uh, as of late, um, you know, I think, uh, doing more creative direction with, with designers and creatives, um, and, it, it sort of it just depends on the situation, but like for some some upcoming designs, um, it's more critical and sort of questioning certain things. Um, you know, like uh, a tourist T-shirt um, and how and just sort of questioning that and the design, and then kind of twisting and flipping that um, as as a design object that also 
um, brings about like certain, I think, political uh, and economic sort of strings um, to like developing, you know, developing a, a, a raw, untouched um, uh, space uh, and yeah. Interesting, it, very so, interesting, yeah. absolutely. Um, can you walk us through your creative process then and tell us a little bit about your creative process? Yeah, um, creatively, uh, I would say it's sort of similar to that initial problem solving question where um, we, you know, it's just more of a wide net is cast and then, um, you know, we just sort of tap into sort of, um, you know, maybe a certain, a certain strain of thought or, or perhaps there is a trend or something we want to reply to. Um, and sort of just drill down from that in terms of either writing, imagery, text, uh, or some sort of supporting images to sort of start a process of, of world building or, you know, depending on the project, right? Like if it's, if it's graphics, it's more, it's a little bit simpler. Um, if it's a, if it's a bigger, larger project, um, that requires like a sense of world building outside of, you know, the current world of tropical futures, then we'll, we'll just sort of start constructing for that. Um, and yeah, you know, most times it is a shared mood board uh, or a shared brief or vision. Um, and then in some cases, depending on the project, there might be some diagramming or um, some diagramming or, or just like sketching. I, I mean, and I, and I think in this case, we probably throw in chat GPT in terms of certain prompts or or image generation. Interesting, definitely very interesting. Um, let's jump in then to the fact that how do you keep yourself inspired and motivated with your work? Yeah, um, I think I think it's just sort of, I would say a big part of that is just working with younger people. Um, I'm not that old, but you know, like working, I'm like 35. So, um, you know, working with people that are in their 20s, um, you know, keeps everything fresh and on edge in terms of like, okay, like this is happening, that's happening. And I think that sort of intergenerational um, sharing of knowledge um, and references sort of keeps things very exciting. And then you sort of kept on the pulse of things. It's very interesting. That, that makes a lot of sense, I would say. Um, but we sort of t uh, touched the bare minimum on, on this earlier, a little bit earlier on in the podcast, and that was with technology. Specifically, we talked about AI. But let's say let's see more in a more broad scope now. How do you see technology impacting the future of your field? I mean, like it's not a huge a huge uh, impact. I mean, outside of AI, right? Obviously, AI is like is like shaking up everything. Um, I, I would just say like, if anything, just the big thing is just sort of diffusion of, of internet um, and the sort of continued, uh, I think, adoption to some al alternative practices in design. And I think within the context of design, there are, it's just like a shifting landscape of, of different types of design outside of the traditional like graphic, UI, UX, architecture, and so on. Um, so 
I think within that, it's just more the, like the shifting of knowledge formations around different design practices and that being used in, in, in business or work or in consultancies or agencies and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of, I mean, we really talked about AI quite a bit, but you know, outside of that, I would say it's just, it's just sort of like these general trends of, of just, just the diffusion of, um, these different types of designs. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm just going to, again, one more time, remind our viewers at home, either whether you're watching or listening here to the, this is the Cultural Connections podcast. I'm your host, Brian Ives. And this is the Cultural Connections podcast. We are live on Thursday, May 4th, 2023, live streaming to Facebook. And we're exploring creativity and climatic identity with our guest, Chris Fuster, the founder of Tropical Futures Institute. Uh, my next question then to you um, uh, is specifically, uh, uh, can you tell us about a, uh, a project that you have worked on that you are particularly proud of and why you are proud of that project? I mean, I guess I can speak about my most recent project with Art Dubai Digital. Uh, with Art Dubai, I mean, it was uh, basically founded the digital section in 2022, um, and uh, yeah, it, you know, it was. I would say like a big deal because it's the biggest sort of digital section in any sort of fair. Um, it, it might be even the biggest. I mean, outside of like digital festivals, it, it's it's probably one of the biggest events that showcases different uh, digital artists around the world. Um, and you know, really shout out to the Art Dubai team for for trusting my vision and suggestions, and to them to also just to run with it and also um, execute. And I think you know, it, I think in the moment it was done, like. The, the hype cycle around NFTs and crypto helped accelerate um, this idea of like a digital collector, a collector of new media, of computer art, of code, of, um, of video, um, of games, and so on. Um, and it, I think it's a collector that was maybe not going to happen as soon as it did. Like perhaps, you know, if, if it wasn't for that NFT cycle, I think it would have probably been a few more years at least um, till we would have seen more digital digital collectibles outside of the gaming, the sphere of gaming. So yeah, it's been good because it, you know, it's been nice to see that impact in the local scene of Dubai and that region, but also uh, the international sort of ripples. It's sort of made through supporting galleries, artist collectives, and, and, and practitioners around the world um, through this sort of uh, digital uh, section in, in Art Dubai. I see. Very interesting. Very interesting. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about then, can you, how do you think cultural influences shape some design slash technology slash art? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's important, uh, you know, I, I, I would say like not trying to step into the idea of identity politics completely, but just more into like bringing in different uh, geographical voices um, into some of these, into some of these sort of uh, technology streams or design movements, artistic movements. Um, and, you know, I think it's just, uh, it's important to have diverse voices, um, you know, like 
a lot of the world's challenges, um, whether it's coming from like global warming or uh, overpopulation um, in urban areas to infrastructural issues, a lot of it's coming from from the tropics. Um, and a lot of the brunt of current uh, global warming trends is being felt by the tropics right now. So, um, you know, I think having voices from all around the world and, you know, we're starting to see that more and more now as, you know, we sh as we sort of shift into this sort of multi-polar um, society, um, you know, there's less of this sort of, you know, Westo-centric, you know, unipolar U.S. hegemonic sort of worldview. And we're seeing more diversity in, in you know, mainstream pop cultural uh, references from things like K-pop to Bali and Hollywood and, um, and just like seeing uh, a wider range of voices. And I think that's important in, in sort of constructing different, um, you know, uh, products, scenarios, technology, uh, and, and whatnot, right? Because, you know, like, especially when you're building public goods or building uh, products that are going to touch a lot of, um, you know, large groups of people, um, I think having those sort of voices um, there is definitely important. Absolutely. Definitely. I agree with you. Uh, again, just one more time here, I want to remind our viewers at home that are either watching or listening to this, that this is the Cultural Connections podcast. We are live on Facebook on Thursday, May 4th, 2023, and we are exploring creativity and climatic identity with Chris Fussner, founder of Tropical Futures Institute. Therefore, if you have a question for Chris today and would like to get your question answered while we are live, uh, please feel free to comment below here on Facebook and we will do our best to getting your questions answered. Even if we are not live, still uh, write your questions to us and we'll get them answered for you. My next get, uh, question unto you is, how do you incorporate user feedback into your designs or projects? Um, I guess like, you know, we're, we're, I guess this is like where it's a little bit more of artistic practice because like, uh, we're not really building, um, I would say like forward facing in the sense like, Use you know, like we're not building applications and stuff like that, but um, it, like depending on the stakeholders in the project, um, you know, that's that's obviously taken into consideration. But um, you know, sometimes like we will factor in like ideas or su suggestions from the community, but it's something that we've been thinking about in terms of like creating like a Telegram chat or something more of a discussion. Um, uh, chat chat room versus having just a you know just posting on social media and stuff like that and some some friends have done this where they have like a discord or some sort of um, uh, like digital space where people can hang out and and talk to each other I I see very very interesting that makes sense Okay, as we start to reach now, already hard to believe near the end of this podcast, can you tell us how do you, in the last few minutes that we have, how do you stay up to date with the latest development and changes in your field? Uh, you know, I think it goes back to the, the earlier question, just about intergenerational uh, learning um, is important. And that's how I stay up to date on one end and then other end. Um, 
I guess like when you're working in culture and design and anything creative, um, you know, I think like having, you know, just pattern recognition really in terms of being able to recognize certain like cultural movements or um, certain like uh, anomalies or redundancies that may happen. And like, it can point towards like some sort of cultural shift or movement. Um, but, I, but, you know, outside of just that, I would just say it's really the thing I've been trying to focus more on just um, learning from different people of different age groups, older and younger. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I can understand exactly what you're saying. I think it makes sense. Well, it's hard to believe this has been another very fascinating episode here of the Cultural Connections podcast. I want to thank uh, Chris Fosner for joining me today. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast, please feel free to get in touch with me. You can reach me via email at brianives at gmail.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-I-V as in Victor, E-S at gmail.com. Hi, and once again, if you have questions, comments, or future or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to get in contact with me. Thank you again here to Chris Foster for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. And this is the Cultural Connections Podcast. I'm Brian Ives, and I'm the producer and host of the Cultural Connections Podcast. Thanks for watching. Thank you again for watching this episode of the Cultural Connections Podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch this episode again in its entirety on our YouTube channel. This podcast is also available on listening platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Radio Public, and New TV. Thanks again for watching this episode of the Cultural Connections Podcast.